Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. to make a sourdough starter, basic breads, as well as other innovative baked goods from start to finish with Brian Ford, Instagram star at Artisan Brian and host of the Artisan's Kitchen on Chip and Joanna Gaines Magnolia Network. With less emphasis on perfecting crumb structure or obsessive temperature monitoring, Brian focuses on the tips and techniques he's developed in his own practice, inspired by his Honduran roots and New Orleans upbringing, to ensure your success and a good return on your time and effort. This is New World Sourdough, Artisan Techniques for Creative Homemade Fermented Breads by Brian Ford. Joining me today for this episode of the Loveland Libcast Cookbook Group Edition, I have of course, as always, my wonderful co-host, Ashley Reger, food writer for Westward and recipe developer. Ashley, thank you for coming back to the Level and Libcast. Thanks. It's always a joy to be here. I always feel the same, too. And <laughs> we are very excited because we have a guest for this March cookbook episode. We are excited to welcome to the show Amber Porter, bread baker from ginger and baker in fort collins amber thank you so much for joining the loveland libcast yeah thank you for having me i'm super excited to be here and to be a part of this so thank you <laughs> yeah you're welcome thanks thanks for joining us so cool that uh we have a regional bread baker with us to talk about our march cookbook which is new world sourdough by brian ford so that's what we're going to talk about today of course those recipe kits which we'll get into what those are. They're sourdough starters, which is very exciting. We'll be out on March 9th. But first, we'd like to get to know our guest a little bit. So Amber, I wanted to start with this question. Where are you originally from? And for how long have you been in Fort Collins? Yeah, so I'm originally from Pagosa Springs, Colorado. Did primarily grow up in Southern California. And I moved back to Pagosa around five or six years ago. And as of this month, I've been in Fort Collins for a year. All right. I'm from Durango, so I know Pagosa <laughs> very well. I, I have a shirt. I don't know if this place exists anymore, but uh, there's a coffee place called Two Chicks and a Hippie. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's totally still there. <laughs> All right. That was, that was a fun place to stop by. And yeah, the yeah. shirt is one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so I'm the only outsider here. I'm, I'm from <laughs> Kansas, but uh, <laughs> so you came to Fort Collins about a year ago. How did you get into baking and what led you to be a bread baker specifically? So when I was back in Pagosa Springs, I ended up working at, at a bakery, Pagosa Baking Company, and I was a line cook there, actually. Um, and we had a bread baker named Ruth, and she was just like such a sweet, genuine lady. And she ended up just like kind of taking me in, and I apprenticed under her for about a year. That's how I got started in it. And she really showed me the ropes. And after that, I kind of always knew that I wanted to do bread. You know, I moved to Fort Collins for more opportunities and to find another place where I could bake bread. So, yeah, and then I found Ginger and Baker, and that was that. I've been there for almost a year now. That's awesome. So cool. 
what exactly does your job entail? Is it early hours, getting the bread <laughs> ready to go early? You know, or? A lot of the times, bread bakers do work extremely early hours. I am super fortunate to work a really good shift. It's 11 to 7, so it's nothing crazy. And then at the other bakery I worked at, we did 2 to 10 o'clock, so that was a later shift as well. I'm not really an early morning person, so definitely fits with my schedule. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. You found the like baking job in the world. You can kind of be a, a night out or, an, or no, a normal person. Um, (laughs) yeah and then so really what my job entails is just I take care and maintenance the starter the sour mother and then I bake about three to four different breads a day and then you know I'll package those up and slice them and bag them and we freeze those for the cafe to use for sandwiches or for the cash to use as like baguettes they use as crostinis just things of that nature. And then I also bring fresh loaves of sourdough up daily to the front of the house. You mentioned something there that someone like me, I <laughs> I don't know anything about anything. No, I'm, and that's, that. I think that's why I'm a good <laughs> partner in this podcast, because I'm coming out from a perspective of a novice and amateur. Awesome. You, men- yeah. you mentioned a sour mother. Yeah. That's what makes sourdough sourdough. So yeah, it's got to be fed daily since we're baking with it every day. Um, And then you can put it to bed and that just takes a little nap. It gets inactive. And then when you're ready to feed it again, uh, you take it out and it'll wake up and it'll become bubbly and frothy. And that's how you know when it's ready to use. So yeah. So this might come into play with our recipe kits, I'm guessing. Yeah, so as we'll talk about a little bit more later, we will have sourdough starters in the kits for the community. So can you talk a little bit more about how uh, you care for a sourdough starter every day? And like, what do you feed it with? And how do you keep it active? Or if you're going to put it away for a little bit, how does that work? Yeah, definitely. So I feed it daily just because it's being used so much. But for home bakers, it can be maintained, being fed once weekly even. And that really just involves feeding equal parts sour mother, flour, and water. You have to let it get active and bubbly before you feed it. And it has to become active and bubbly after you feed it. So it's almost like a little pet, you know. (laughs) And they can be so complex and just so diverse, the microorganisms in it. And they actually do have... I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's called the Puerto Sourdough Library. And that is just a library. And they are about preserving the oldest and the rarest sourdough cultures and just preserving the biodiversity of them and studying them. They're just also complex, which is just so interesting, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No way. I've never heard of that library before. That is so cool. Yeah, definitely. I haven't either, um, and I'm I'm a librarian, so. <laughs> Maybe that could be my next career, is I'll, I'll be a sourdough librarian, specifically <laughs> yeah. for sourdough starters. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so to expand a little bit on what Amber was saying, uh, we'll, we'll obviously have the uh, sourdough starters going out. We'll provide some resources, I believe, to people to um, maintain their sourdough starters. But as Amber said, the your starter really becomes your own. Every person's sourdough starter is a little bit unique to their environment. Yeah, so like bacteria that flourishes in your house might be different than the bacteria that flourishes in mine. 
So everybody's sourdough starters taste a little bit unique. That's why people say that San Francisco sourdough is so delicious because San Francisco has this great environment for a certain type of sourdough starter. You reminded me of this cool story. I don't know enough details to like really tell yeah, it all, but good. I listened to this podcast a couple of years ago and they found this very, very old sourdough starter in an Egyptian like pot in a, in a pyramid. And it was like an ex, like the founder of Xbox or something got his hands on it. And they were like, do not eat it. Yeah. And he was (laughs) like, I'm definitely going to eat it. And so he made it again and and found this like very, very old recipe and and hand ground the grains and use heritage grains and all that and made like a really old Egyptian sourdough recipe (laughs) with Egyptian (laughs) sourdough. I love that. I've also heard people have fermented and like brewed beer from incredibly old like starters like that as well. That is so cool. Yeah. It's like so wild to think like this is the bacteria that people actually used hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yeah. So because you bake so much at work, probably don't bake a lot of at home. Like is there anything that you really love to bake either at home or at work? So one of my top favorite breads to make is definitely a sourdough rosemary. Wait for the smell of it when it bakes. It's like one of the best scents in the world to me. So I super love a rosemary bread. And then I bake some cakes as well for my birthday each year. I do like that. Not too much baking going on at home. I I do love to make baguettes at work. Just being able to, I don't know, kind of perfect the ears opening. if If you've heard of the ears, yeah. It's just a really cool process. Two questions. Uh, can you explain what the ears are? And my second question will be, what is your favorite type of birthday cake to make for yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the ears on a loaf are when you score the bread with a razor, that little slit, and when it goes into the oven, it's going to open up and it's going to lift. It just creates a really beautiful open curve to the bread. And favorite birthday cake? I think I've got to say I've had a couple birthday cakes with it was a lemon cake with raspberry jam in the middle. So it had like lemon curd filling and raspberry jam. And I actually do a lot of jam making at the bakery as well. And that's one of my favorite things to do. So I'd have to say that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for allowing us to get to know you a little bit, Amber. And we are going to talk now about our March title, which is New World Sourdough by Brian Ford. And Ashley, why did we choose this cookbook for this month? And who do you think it would appeal to? New World Sourdough has been in the public space for a couple of years now. It's a very well-regarded book. Brian Ford has kind of an online presence as Artisan Brian. And he has a kind of Latin, Honduran, and New Orleans upbringing or background that he really highlights in his recipes. So he has write-ups in his book about plantain sourdough or mufalata rolls, uh, which is a New Orleans like olive flavor profile. And so his recipes are very, they're not the typical country bowl that we have always seen. Although he does have recipes for that, uh, he brings a little bit of a new light to it. And really, it is new world sourdough. It's a new take on what we can do with sourdough. 
All right. And Amber, we were talking a little bit beforehand. You were able to get your hands on a copy. Uh, did you have any impressions that you wanted to add? Yeah. So uh, like Ashley was saying, he definitely does bring a new light to uh, to Sourdough. And I think the best part of just how he goes through it is is his joy in it. I mean, you can definitely tell that he doesn't take himself or the bread too seriously, which often cases is the time with sourdough where it is just it is taken so seriously and the focus is on the end result of the you know the perfectionism of the end result but he you can just really enjoys the process of it and uh, he gets so creative with it which I think is just so fun um, you know you have the bananas foster sourdough which is just so incredible like you wouldn't really think of that and I think that's pretty awesome and he just has a lot of fun with it which I love. Yeah, that is very cool. And hopefully folks get one of the recipe kits and it inspires them to also become creative with <laughs> baking and sourdough creations. Just let the process be the process and to, to have fun with it. And eventually you'll you'll get it down by just repeating it. And Ashley, were there any standout recipes inside recipes for beginners or recipes for those who may have more experience with baking or making bread? Yeah, so as I was looking uh, earlier today to kind of pick out different skill levels of recipes, one that stood out for me that I think would be a really good entry level for beginners is the, and excuse my pronunciation here, pao de, de quejo. In Portuguese, I think that's just cheese bread. And that is kind of a product that we're seeing a lot now. You can find this Brazilian cheese bread in like the freezer aisle. There's a Denver company that sells it at farmer's markets. But it's this delicious, like chewy, cheesy, little tiny bite that is made with tapioca flour. Or excuse me, it's made out of cassava or tapioca. For a more experienced cook, I saw the whole grain pineapple cream beignets that look so good. But you get to make the bread. It's an enriched dough, which means it has egg and fat in it to make it super tender uh, and fluffy, and then you fry your beignets, and then you make this like pineapple pastry cream that goes inside. So it's a little weekend project for people. Amber, you mentioned one recipe in there. Were there any others that stood out to you or you thought would be good for a baker on <laughs> one end of the experience spectrum? There was, I think it was called a toasty CD sourdough bread. Mm. Um, and that one looked really good. I just love like a multigrain or a, a bread with seeds and that has that texture. So thought that was very interesting um there was also i think it was a, a honey oat bread that one seemed really good mm. ashley did you make <laughs> the pecan praline monkey bread i have not made that yet but i noted it as something that looks delish <laughs> it sounds uh, awesome I would love to try it. <laughs> the picture for it looks so good it's like pulling away this oh. yummy bite um <laughs> The pretzel rolls also sound really good. I've been in like a pretzel burger bun mood lately. So yeah. For those of you who are ready to start your sourdough journey that might lead you into some of these recipes that Amber and Ashley <laughs> had mentioned, our recipe kits will be available on the second Thursday of the month on March 9th. And they will be those sourdough starter kits and as Ashley mentioned, there'll be information in there as well to help you feed and care for your sourdough. I think this is going to be a, a big hit as our recipe kits are always. And 
a great time of the year for folks to be baking and smelling delicious <laughs> sourdough. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to ask you, Ashley and Amber, do you have any recommendations for other cookbooks, food writers, social media personalities, or anyone else who folks might want to look into either specifically for sourdough or baking bread? So the Fresh Loaf is a website. It's full of forums and discussions, mainly of like amateur bakers and bread enthusiasts. But it's really great for just discussions and especially troubleshooting bread. That one's really great. Also YouTube, Bake with Jack. He's pretty good. His videos are about 10 minutes long and he really dives deep into uh, just really understanding the process fully. So I would say that's a good one as well as King Arthur Baking. Very reliable. That's a website as well. The Baker's Guild of America, which is um, a pretty reputable source as well. All right. Thank you. And Ashley, what would you recommend folks check out? I will echo King Arthur Baking. They are my absolute favorite. I think I have to squeeze in at least one King Arthur uh, call out in every episode, but they are awesome. They one have a, a really incredible guide to how to take care of your sour, sourdough starter um, when you're first starting out, how to make a sourdough starter from scratch, which is uh, fairly easy to do if you have the time. And then they also have a ton of recipes for sourdough discard. So every day or week or 10 days that you feed your sourdough starter, you're usually pulling some of that starter out uh, and feeding the rest. So the, the portion that you pull out is called your discard. You can't just keep it in your starter because then you're gonna have tons of starter on your hands and uh, it'll just be too much. And it also kind of throws the microorganism food ratio out of whack. Uh, so you take some discard out every time you feed it. And then you can actually use that discard in recipes like all kinds of recipes. I love to make waffles with it. You can make like scallion pancakes if you're into that, or you can make chocolate chip cookies, or you can make brownies. Like there's literally so many different things you can make with your sourdough discard. So it's not just like throwing it away. And so King Arthur does have a lot of really great recipes for that. For a really technical information, I love Word Loaf. So that is a newsletter by Andrew Ding Jagan. Excuse my pronunciation on that too. But he is a former Cook's Illustrated test cook. And uh, he kind of came into his own little fame during the pandemic because he had this quarantine sourdough project that he shared with everyone on how to make a really tiny starter at home using the minimal amount of flour. So you're not like wasting a bunch of product when flour was so scarce during the pandemic. Um, and he has a lot of the science behind sourdough. And then he also has a bunch of interesting recipes like oatmeal bread and really great just sourdough loaves. And he has a, a lot of different bread techniques on his website. And then lastly, I really like sourdough underscore explained on Instagram. She also has a ton of really good resources and recipes right in her Instagram posts. Very cool. Thank you both for sharing those recommendations. Before we wrap up this episode, as always, I'd like to ask Ashley and ask our guest what they're reading, watching, listening to anything recently. So Amber, is there anything that you'd like to share? Um, 
honestly, not too much. I've read a couple books in the last few weeks, not necessarily related to bread, but one of them is called Pure Nessie. And I actually read that with a coworker and that was pretty fun. Kind of about like an endless labyrinth that this man with amnesia was stuck in. So that was, that was a pretty good read. That's kind of all I've got. All right. Yeah, <laughs> no, that sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. I have been reading Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. I think you read this last year or read something by her within the same Mm -hmm. fantasy universe. And I've really been enjoying it. I actually watched the show before I read the book. So (laughs) I kind of know what's coming already, but uh, it's been really interesting. And then we just watched the Hulu adaptation of Kindred by Octavia Butler. And that book was really impactful on me when I read it a couple of years ago. And the show has also been very good. Excellent. We did read for our YA podcast episodes. We read both Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, which is kind of like a side story in the Grishaverse of mm-hmm. Lee Bardugo. And I, I have two books. I'm going to read both of them, but I don't know which I'll start first. One is A Court of Thorns and Roses which will be a future podcast episode. And the other is The Four Agreements, which I'm going to read. And currently, this will already be out by the time listeners get to this episode, but I read They Both Die in the End, which is a YA book. I really enjoyed it. Folks can listen to that episode to hear more about my opinion, but it was a very cool conceit of like speculative fiction, I guess, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where it's our world, but the, the conceit is that there's this thing called Death Cast, that calls people the morning that they're going to die. And then they have to deal with that all day. And these two teen boys who live in New York, they end up meeting and they're both supposed to die that day. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a heavy concept, but the way it's written is just, it's a good quick read and you really kind of get invested Mm -hmm. in like that title just kind of grabs you and you know what's going to (laughs) happen. I've really enjoyed that. I was, I was glad that I read it for the podcast and was able to talk about it. So well, Amber, thank you so much for joining the Loveland Libcast. It was really great to meet you and to hear about what it's like being a bread baker and working at Ginger and Baker. Thank you so much for your perspective on the on all of this and uh, for talking about sourdough with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was just it was a super fun conversation and you guys are both really great. So thank you. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> And Ashley, thank you as always for being my co-host for these. Always a pleasure. Always so fun. You find wonderful guests for us and pick awesome (laughs) books. Thank you again for delightful conversation and helping this cookbook group thrive. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you listeners for coming back for another episode of the Leveland Libcast. Have a great rest of your day or night or whenever you're listening to this. (laughs) And we'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to Daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E at cityofloveland.org. See you next time.